Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to another edition of Inside Carolina Live's Post game. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Dewey Burp, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and Congruity. Dewey Burp joining. A little early out there in the mid, well, I guess in the mountain region for Dewey, but props for him to get this game watched and get on here with us and shout out to the 260 plus people that are already in the chat. 65-55 Dewey, and I'll say probably the most impressive North Carolina defensive performance I've seen in a good while, holding the Tigers scoreless over the last five minutes to do it. Your overall thoughts? Yeah, it was a gutty win. You know, I was really paying close attention under that four-minute timeout to see how our defensive possessions were and if we could stack really good defensive possessions over and over. And even the foul they called on Mondo, which ultimately P.J. Ryan missed the free throws anyway, but even that I thought was a pretty good possession defensively. So I was really happy with the way they guarded there down the stretch when it was a one-possession game. And, uh you know, that was more of a fight than a game. 65-55 was like walk, watching an old Big East game, you know, from when I was growing up. Um, we won the rebound battle, shot it a little bit better than them. I thought Armando, maybe the best he's been all year. He took the challenge, um, you know, against uh, against P.J. Hall, and and I thought rose to the occasion and was, uh, was great, was, you know, closer to the old Armando, as we've been saying. So... Uh, great road win, gutty. Love to go down there and and start the weekend with a win. Let's talk about stay here and talk about Baycott. I mean, he's he's been guaranteed fourteen, fifteen, and ten or eleven seems like his entire career. But I thought to your point today against PJ Hall and Shefflin, who that kid can play. I mean, that cool. kid is a classic YMCA Plays kick your too. yeah kick your ass player. Um, but Baycott to go up against those two and have the game he did 14 and 16 had a you know six for 11 
had a few fouls. The three assists, I thought, were sharp from Baycott. Just sort of speak to his ability to deal with the double teams. He looked a lot better doing that today than he has in the past. Maybe some growth there for the big man. He did, and made a, it wasn't out of a double team. It made a great assist to RJ on the little uh, UCLA cut back door there late for the layup, uh, which was really nice. Uh, I thought he was a little, just a little more patient, less frustrated, because uh, he still had a couple possessions early in the first half where he didn't finish around the rim, and that has tended to to frustrate him and knock him off his game. I thought he stayed patient and was great on the glass, defensive glass. Uh, you know, we we need him to be a presence. Uh, tonight was a game where I thought the length and size of Clemson's guards bothered RJ and they were very focused on him, obviously, and with reason the way he's been playing. Um, and so we needed others to step up. We got good contributions really all around. Um, you know, even though Harrison didn't shoot it great, I thought he played solid, um, love for Elliot to be more aggressive. We could talk about that. Uh, but Cormac made some timely shots. And uh, Jalen, I thought, played well off the bench. We got contributions in a low-scoring game. You know, when you get whatever it ended up being, 12, 13-ish points off your bench, if you only score 65, that's actually a pretty solid contribution. So um, these guys have, we talked about, these guys have been together all year, emotionally together, uh, and now their play is starting to back that up. I think they're playing harder and more connected defensively. We are still switching, but not nearly as much, uh, which is something we can also talk about. It's it's less frequent, which I'm a fan of. Um, it was a good team win. It's not easy to go down there. That's a that's a funky place to play. It can be really loud, and uh, yeah, I was proud of them. I thought they thought they played great. Yeah, let's talk about Harrison Ingram, I and mean, we're talking with Dewey Burke here on Inside Carolina Post Game. Carolina sixty five fifty five. I didn't get you, and I hope you're still there. I lost your your picture. There you are. I uh, I didn't I didn't get to talk to you after the game the other night where Harrison couldn't throw it in the ocean, um, but still managed to to be a big part of the game. And that's something we talked about over the years with guys that if they weren't shooting well, they were non-factors and they checked out. Ingram seems to be the opposite of that. He had another game tonight, three for ten, um, but he made some key plays. He had some what's going on Harrison plays as well, but just speak to the, to that aspect of this young man's game that it's not all about scoring for him. It's not all about me for him. And that's, that's, that's giant for this team, especially. It is very emotionally invested in the success of our team is, is what you would say about him. He cares a great deal. He wears it. You can see it on his face. Um, And yeah, you know, even though he shot three for 10, the two for five from three, both of those were big buckets. And you know, the one he hit in the first half when I think Clemson had just hit a three, we came right back and he ripped one and then the one in the second half. So his two threes were big. Um, he's around the ball a lot. You know, he, he makes some turnovers that have you scratching your head, which is what you're referencing. But uh, very invested. He plays hard. Uh, he had trouble with, however you say his last name, Shifflin or Shefflin, um, just a size mismatch. And Clemson continued to go to that. Uh, but you're never going to question his effort and uh, and and his want to. Um, and to your point, even if he's having a poor night offensively, uh, he's still his effort is still there, which you know we struggled with with some guys in in the past couple of years that we didn't always say the same thing. So uh, again, I think they're together, Tommy. I, I think emotionally they are connected, which which we did not have 
all the time last year. And that makes up for a lot when you're, when you're having a scrap claw fight game like this in the huddle when you're, when you're truly together, it's meaningful. Yeah. And, and not only emotionally and mentally, I think they're together in sync on the court better. It's like they know where they're supposed to be. They know where each other's going to be, which I think that was an issue the last few years is, you know, if guys aren't where they're supposed to be and you're expecting them to be there, it just throws everything off. Drew in the chat mentioned, and I, and I thought this was a, this is important pickup and it tells you who watches these games with a keen eye on it, that Ingram drug Shefflin out and pump faked him so they could get at that lane open a little bit because Baycott could handle one of the two, but he was having struggles with the two. Um, sure. Speak to the offensive flow with Elliot Cadeau. And Elliot, and you mentioned him earlier, he needs to be more aggressive, but he also needs to to lay off on the on the cheap fouls. He seems like he gets a lot of fouls walking under somebody, you know, when they're up in the air, things like that. Just speak to the the, the progression and the growth of a UNC point guard and, and what you've seen from him because it has been a struggle at times. He's been really good at times as well. Yeah, freshmen pick, pick up fouls like that. I mean, you saw Zayden High got one too there in the corner. Just unnecessary. Freshmen, because they, they want to be so impactful that they tend to make mental mistakes that they'll learn from. Uh, I think he moves the ball great. Uh, when he is aggressive and gets to the rim, typically good things happen. He's just not looking to do that enough for me um, because so much focus is going to be on RJ. And when Elliot's out front, you know, orchestrating and waiting for RJ to come off a pin down or whatever action we're running for him or Cormac or trying to run some motion to get the ball in the post Armando. The last possession of the first half, you could see Brad Brownell pushing his guard off of Cadeau. He was maybe five feet outside the three-point line with the ball. The defender was on the three-point line. He was back and he was like, he's not going to do anything. Just back up. And so it's starting to show on tape that his lack of aggression um, is making him not a threat. So um, I don't think it's lack of effort. I don't think it's lack of want to. I just think that he um, he needs to realize that he that being so passive is actually a negative. Um, even though he has this reputation as a pass first point guard and shares the ball and wants to make the extra pass, um, being so passive is actually uh, can can bog down and almost let the defense play us, you know, five on four and a half because he's not looking to be a threat. So. Hopefully that comes as he as he matures. He's so quick. He's so dynamic. Um, we also haven't seen him do much in the open floor either, which is where you would think he could really shine. We got to stop and he gets in and just busts it and gets into the paint to create a shot for himself or others. But he, I think he'll get there. You know, he's too talented not to. Um, but a little bit more aggressiveness and, and, uh, and being sure of himself would help. You speak about in the open floor. I'm going to give you a stat and tell me if you've ever heard this. Fast break points for the game, for both teams combined, Dewey, zero. You mentioned wow. Big East basketball, but yeah, I don't see, think I've but, ever seen it. No. So just, and yet Carolina's still able to get enough offense in the in the half court to win a ball game like this. But that's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, it, but it, it, it reflectively, thinking about the game, that sounds right. You know, it was slow. Uh, it was just a, a physical – like we keep saying, you know, like a Big East game from my childhood, watching like <laughs> UConn play St. John's or something. It just, uh, 
it felt that way. It was, it was very physical, uh, hard fouls on guys driving into the paint. Uh, not a ton of, uh, outside shots going down certainly for them. Yeah. I can't recall us never having any fast break points really ever, but, um, yeah, it was just, it was a physical contest where it was less and less about how pretty you could make it look or execution and just who's going to fight. And when that was one possession in that under four timeout, we found a way to stack those defensive possessions and, uh, and execute, you know, a little bit better than them offensively and, and get it done. So, uh, the, the one guy we haven't mentioned who you have to note is on the floor for that entire under four minute stretch is Seth Trimble. He's making a ton of things happen without really worrying about scoring. Hit a big three, certainly, and you heard Corey Alexander give him credit for doing the work in the offseason. But this is a guy who gets his hand on loose balls. He defends. You know, we, we have – I don't I won't be able to give you the stats, but we have historically struggled with Gerard when he was at Syracuse. He had some pretty good games against us, and you know, we made his life miserable tonight. One for ten. And 0 for 4 from 3 for a guy who I think was averaging about 16 a game and is certainly a good shooter. So um, I think Seth Trimble is doing a lot for this team that's not going unnoticed, but it needs to be appreciated. Yeah, definitely Trimble. And, and you talk about stacking defensive possessions, Trimble continues to stack performances game to game to game to game. And it's a guy that, quite frankly, was forgotten a lot last year. And uh, he's become a major part of this. And I said it earlier, uh, maybe last podcast, especially in the light of Cadeau's process of growth and struggles and things like that, Trimble has become a guy that can sort of help that. And Cadeau's going to be great and has the ability to flash great. But freshman ACC point guard for North Carolina is is tough, and it is not a thing. Now, we talked about Cormac Ryan, and we've talked about his ability to shoot it, and he hasn't been shooting it well. I mean, he went down holding his ankle. It looked bad. He came right back in, so I'm not sure what's going on there. But if he's hitting shots, and he was only two for six from three, um, but they were big ones early, um, just holistically, Dewey, speak speak to what this offense can look like if you've got RJ, if you've got Cormac, if you've got Harrison Ingram getting heated up, and then Baycott is freed up. I think it can look similar to the way that 22 offense looked when Baycott was able to dominate down low with guys on the wing shooting. Shooting it great, yeah. You know, nobody's ever going to shoot it as good as Brady. But uh, if Cormac could be a little bit more consistent and then Elliott could be aggressive, I mean, those to me are the two keys that allow us to move to the next level on the offensive end. Because I think Mondo, although a slower start the first 13 games, I think he's going to be there. He's going to be that reliable 16 and 10, and hopefully he has some of those, as we like to say, Sean May and Bryce Johnson outings where he's 24 and 18. You know, we'd love to see a couple of those out of him. RJ, you know, arguably the best player in the conference right now. Uh, no, he struggled tonight. But, you know, those two guys, I think uh, you, you come to, to feel you know what you're going to get. If Elliott can be more aggressive, try to get to the lane, get some stuff in transition, and Cormac can be consistent, I think our offense takes a giant step. Uh, it really does. Uh, so those are the two keys for me that I'd like to see as we develop going forward. Yep, Carolina wins 65-55 over Clemson, goes to 3-0 in ACC, more importantly gets the second win on this three-game opening road trip. I want to talk about playing on the road before I let you get out of here, Dewey. Um, playing at Pitt, which can be tough. Um, it wasn't really that tough last week for Carolina. 
Clemson was a little more calm today than it normally is. Um, speak to going to NC State. How is that going to be on Wednesday night for this North Carolina team? They they enjoy playing on the road. Roy Williams used to always talk about, and y'all's crowd used to always talk about stealing brownies and stealing cookies and things like that. What's it like going to Raleigh to play against the NC State team? Yeah, nothing like it. I mean, I, I don't know what time tip is, 7 Eastern or 8 Eastern, but you can go ahead and just expect it when you walk on the court 75 minutes in advance. The students are there and they're on you and it never stops. I mean, I will never forget going over there my junior year and being floored by the stuff that those kids said to David Noel. I mean, stuff I can't repeat uh, just blew my mind. I said, I can't. I can't believe this happens. And we had already been to Kentucky. We had already played, you know, uh, some road games and I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Uh, so it's a rowdy environment. There's, there's no love lost. Everybody knows. And we've talked about it, how coach Williams felt about NC state over the years. And so, uh, you know, those, those memories in that locker room winning over there a couple of times is burned in my brain. Um, but it, it will be rowdy. They've got, some good talent on that team. Uh, but if we go in there and guard them and can get a lead, they get so deflated when we get up on them um, that I feel like you can keep the crowd quiet. So we're going to have to hit shots. We're going to do everything. We're going to have to hit shots. We're going to have to guard. We're going to be together. We need Armando to be big. We need to win the glass. We need to take care of the basketball because um, they do have some talent. And, uh, you know, I still think Kevin Keats is fighting for his job. We know, say what you want. Um, these are the kind of games he has to have to continue to have an argument to keep that job. So uh, it will be as rowdy and as tough as it comes. Let me ask you this, and this is me personally asking because it's always something I've thought about. What's it like to be in an environment where you can't hear the guy next to you? Like, how do you play and perform in that type of environment? Uh, Cameron Indoor. You say what you want to about that crowd. It's loud in there. State, it's loud in yeah. there. And state's more angry, loud. But yeah. what's that like to, to be able to perform in those type situations? And then how does that being connected mentally and in sync as a team really help that? That's the thing. You go back to what we were talking about earlier is being emotionally connected as a unit. Uh, we always had that. And, uh, and so you because it is so loud those huddles are a little tighter it's a little bit harder to hear your coaches but you know you kind of feel like you're in a bunker in some ways and uh you know just really really fond memories of those moments you know feeling like you're you're in a in a boxing match um and the whole arena is against you uh we were so fortunate when i played to have such incredible leadership whether it was vocal and performance like a david noel or just by the way he played in a, in a Tyler Hansborough. Um, this is a great test for this team because uh, it will be that. It will be hard to hear the guy next to you. It's like the, if you make a football reference, this is when you go silent snap count and your right guard has to tap the center to snap it because you can't hear anything. Uh, it is like that, especially if they hit a couple shots, you know. And, and so in a normal environment, even today or at Pitt, uh, Hubert can communicate with RJ or with Elliot to call a set or whatever. And it can be at times in environments like this, if you're not making eye contact and reading hand signals, you're kind of out there on your own. You know, I remember a couple of times being in road environments where coaches, you know, believe it or not, trying to call a timeout 
and the guys couldn't even didn't hear him, didn't see him, and he just the possession just went. Uh, and so it is definitely um, it'll be something Elliot Cadeau has never seen, never seen what he's about to go into. Uh, but that'll be great for him. Yep. And Carolina, with these two wins on the road, three total in the ACC, has some leeway there, but North Carolina State's always one you want to get. Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. A couple things before we get out of here. Paxton Wojcik, big shot. Jalen Withers, a couple of big shots. I mean, to Zayden do his big shot. Yeah, Zayden High made a big shot. He's got to learn how to not to foul. You know, he yeah. played, what, two minutes and had three Thanks. fouls. Uh, but you got to love the energy. This North Carolina team is connected. This North Carolina team is getting it done, not just offensively, but I think most importantly, defensively, holding Clemson scoreless over the last five to get the 65-55 win. That's Dewey Burke. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt. I mentioned Congruity. Go to congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels for your free small to mid-sized business assessment. Visit Johnny T-Shirt any chance you get. Dewey, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.